Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Tuesday, August 15th. Can you believe we are already halfway through the month? On this date in 1939, America was off to see The Wizard. The Wizard of Oz premiered in Los Angeles. On this date in 1965, the Beatles performed before a capacity crowd at New York's Shea Stadium. At the time, that concert set a record for the largest audience. And on this date in 1969, an upstate New York farm became the scene of a huge three-day music event that's still talked about today. Can you name that famous event? I bet you can, but I'll have that answer coming up in just a few minutes. But first, let's head over to the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center for your forecast. And good Tuesday morning to you. First alert weather day here across the low country. Very hot and humid as we go into the afternoon hours near the record high of 96, which goes back to 1995. Heat index over 110 degrees. That does warm for uh, most of the area heat advisory in Williamsburg, Georgetown County. Excessive heat warnings. That's really mean anything different other than you got to be extra careful. Make sure you're staying hydrated if you have to work outside. Those warnings and advisories go from 11 o'clock this morning through 7 o'clock this evening. A couple of hit or miss showers and storms around 96 this afternoon. Better rain chance comes in during the evening and some of those storms could last through the overnight wrapping up very early tomorrow morning. After that, we do expect some more scattered showers and storms, but not as hot starting tomorrow. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. The Charleston County School District has announced it's participating in the Community Eligibility Program, or SEP, again this year. The, this year's program will be expanding to include even more schools in the district. Now, students in 65 Charleston County schools can eat for free. And our Madeline Jeskoiak is live in downtown Charleston with more details on how the program will be helping students stay fed so that they can stay focused at school. Good morning. Last year, 50 CCSD schools qualified for the CEP, but that number has jumped to 65 for this school year. That means parents of students in these 65 schools will not need to submit household applications to receive free or reduced price breakfast and lunches. For these 33,000 students, food insecurity will not be an issue for breakfast and lunch. The community eligibility provision is a national program that offers a non-pricing meal service option for schools and school districts and low-income, high-poverty areas. According to the United States Department of Agriculture, schools that adopt SEP are reimbursed using a formula based on the percentage of students categorically categorically eligible for free meals based on their participation in other specific means-tested programs. Those are things such as a supplemental nutrition assistance program and temporary assistance for needy families. The nutrition services team at CCSD tells me they are excited to be able to provide new healthy meal options for even more students. So in October, we plan on rolling out in the high schools and middle schools a uh, ramen noodle bowl. And uh, a lot of folks will go, wait, that's going to have a lot of sodium in it. No, it's, it's, this is going to be specially made for school districts. But we're going to test it. We tested it ourselves this summer, but we're going to test it with students to make sure that they really like it before we roll it out in October. Campbell says he is glad that more families won't have to apply for reduced price meals this year and be denied because they are just below the qualifications. Reporting live in downtown Charleston, Madeline Jaskowiak, Live 5 News. 
Thank you, Madeline. Ahead of the new school year, the Charleston County School District is working with police to help make sure your students stay safe. The Charleston Police Department and CCSD are finalizing a plan to have school resource officers in the buildings. Yesterday, the city approved an agreement for 16 SROs in 16 different schools with 15 school security response team officers across the city. The latter being assigned to a cluster of schools rather than just one school. Police say the layered system means officers can respond to a school quickly in case of an emergency. They also say SROs are there as a proactive measure. Reach out, let the officer explain transparently what they're there to do, how they're going to do it. The only way to quell the fears is to ask the questions and to get the answers that you're going to be looking for, that you want, that's going to help to reassure. Those officers are there for the kids, but they're also there for the parents. Today, the agreement will move to city council to get final approval. Today, a federal judge will be hearing a request filed by the sons of Alec Murdoch's former housekeeper to deny Murdoch's attempts to get them added to a federal lawsuit. Last week, Murdoch's defense team pushed to have the children of Gloria Satterfield named in Murdoch's insurance company's lawsuit. Nautilus Insurance is suing Murdoch after a $4.3 million settlement was paid out in Satterfield's death. Murdoch is also accused of stealing the money from Satterfield's sons. The company is trying to recover the money after it says Murdoch lied about the circumstances of her death. Murdoch's attorneys argue Nautilus should look to Satterfield's son, sons to get that money back. Now, the Satterfield legal team's filing asks the court to deny Murdoch's request, saying Murdoch's continued harassment and forcing the Satterfield sons to spend attorney's fees and costs and having to defend against his naked attempt to shift his liability for his fraud and theft should end here now. That hearing is scheduled for 10 o'clock this morning. Isle of Palms police have identified a Somerville High School senior as the sole gunman in a shooting that sent five people to the hospital back in April. At a press conference yesterday, police said 18-year-old Davion Singleton is facing multiple charges in the shooting. According to police, Singleton drove to the beach during a senior skip day event in a stolen car and then fired the shots. While police say there were some fights on the beach that day, they say Singleton's motive for pulling the trigger is still unclear. So far, five people, including a juvenile, have been arrested. Davion Singleton is the most recent arrest and the only person charged with attempted murder for the shooting. Singleton faces several other felonies, including possession of a firearm during the commission of a violent crime, one count of unlawful carrying of a firearm, and one count of possession of a stolen vehicle. In a statement, a Dorchester District 2 spokesperson confirms that Singleton graduated this year. They also say the district does not recognize senior skip day. Additionally, this off-campus incident happened well beyond the end of the school day. We were not made aware of Mr. Singleton's alleged involvement until today through media reports. South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson wants to change the way that judges are selected in the state. Right now, judges are selected by a commission and voted in by lawmakers. You cannot take politics 100% out of selecting judges. It's always going to be there, the perception of it, but you can mitigate it better than we're currently doing. Wilson held a judicial reform panel yesterday. He says he'd like to see the state shift to a federal model for electing judicial candidates by having the governor or members of the executive branch get involved in the process. This morning, authorities are investigating the death of an inmate at the Georgetown County Jail. Deputies say 28-year-old Brandon McElveen died yesterday afternoon, four days after his arrest. 
Now, officials say he had a pre-existing medical condition, but deputies have yet to specify exactly what it was. We'll likely learn more following an investigation by the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division and his autopsy, which is set for today at MUSC. This evening, Charleston City Council will decide if it'll accept a more than $300,000 grant from the Department of Housing and Urban Development that's set to help those experiencing homelessness. That money will provide two additional outreach workers for the City of Charleston Hope Center. And our Destiny Kennedy is in downtown Charleston at the Hope Center to tell us how the grant will benefit those that are facing homelessness. Good morning. Good morning, Shelby and Katie. The purpose of the grant is to engage with the homeless community to ensure that they have access to the services that will help them. If approved, the $365,075 grant will pay the salaries of two certified individuals. The outreach team will provide direct referrals to the Hope Center and other partnered agencies that will help those experiencing homelessness as they transition. There is also a 25% match requirement that will meet through a kind contribution and through a percentage of the salaries of the deputy director who will oversee the grant. If the grant is approved, anyone who is interested in applying for the outreach position can do so. Director of Department of Housing and Community Development with the city of Charleston, Gianna Shaw Johnson, explains the responsibilities of an outreach employee. They're literally out in what we call the field, but out on the streets, engaging with those that are unsheltered and homeless, um, basically providing them information on the Hope Center that the city has set up. And that Hope Center provides a diversity of services to individuals to help them get out of homelessness into housing, into employment, into health care. The city council meeting will start at 5 p.m. at City Hall and will live stream. Reporting live in Charleston, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. Destiny, thank you. A low country nonprofit dedicated to ending and preventing homelessness is launching a new eviction prevention service line. Now, the service line is through the United Way Association of South Carolina. Now, renters who are at risk of being evicted can dial 211. They'll then speak to a representative who can connect them with resources and legal advice at no cost. The new phone system comes as 180 implements the eviction protection program, which is an initiative of the U.S. West Department of Housing and Urban Development. North Charleston is spending more than $50,000 in grant money to destroy older drugs seized by the police department. Department officials say their evidence locker is filled up after the state law enforcement division stopped offering free services to destroy the drugs about a year ago. North Charleston says it's time for them to stop relying on other agencies to destroy drugs and is using the money to buy an incinerator. The money was approved back in July, and the department says it's excited to place the order and start clearing out the drugs. Low country business owners are sounding off about the rising costs of liquor liability insurance in the state, which some say may even force them to close their doors. The problem goes back to 2017 when a law was passed that requires all bars, restaurants, and venues with liquor licenses to buy at least a million dollars worth of coverage. Emily Johnson tells us more about last night's town hall meeting and the concerns being discussed. The Frothy Beard in West Ashley is just one of many local restaurants and bars that say that they've seen liquor liability insurance rates rise to new costs, risking everything that they work so hard for. 
hosted by South Carolina venue Crisis. The meeting brought together dozens of business owners from around the low country to discuss problems that they've seen in rising insurance costs. That problem goes back to 2017, where a law was placed requiring all bars, restaurants, and venues with liquor licenses to buy at least a million dollars worth of coverage. I love this state, and I would truly hate for it to be in a economic state of emergency because if something's not done about this, the tourism and the economy, it will take a massive, massive hit. One example shared was the American Legion on James Island, where their liquor liability costs went from $20,000 to $60,000 in just one year. The cost forced the business to raise everything on their menu by 25%. Everything is insanely expensive now, and we have done our best not to go up, to try to, you know, save every dime, to make sure we're not wasteful of our money that's coming in. But at some point, in order to keep the doors open, you have to make enough money to cover your expenses. Two bills currently in the Senate and House could possibly change the current law by changing the liability placed on these businesses after someone leaves their establishment. It's kind of life-changing. Go around and you, you realize that there's a lot of people connected to small businesses. Six businesses in Greenville have closed due to the cost of liquor liability insurance, which could be the next reason your favorite watering hole closes. Charleston is a restaurant hospitality community. Whether you're eating oysters at Bowens Island, whether you're going to, you know, Hall Steakhouse or Fig, it's all part of the community. And it can't go away. They can't, they should not take, us, take it from us. Local businesses are asking you and anyone else that does not want their favorite places to close to ask your local and state legislators for change. In West Ashley, Emily Johnson, Live 5 News. An effort to crack down on speeding appears to have been successful, at least to some degree. Law enforcement conducted Operation Slowdown last month in multiple states, including right here in South Carolina. Nick Reagan is taking a look at how just how effective Operation Southern Slowdown was and just how many of you got tickets during that time. Good morning, Nick. Yeah, good morning, guys. You know, Operation Southern Slowdown took place last month between the 17th and the 22nd. It was really a time when officers they were hitting the road trying to crack down on all of that speeding. It was in four states, including Alabama, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, and Tennessee. Now, that uh, speeding, they were cracking down in one of the traditionally deadliest times of the year for drivers. In that time, South Carolina law enforcement, they issued more than 6,200 citations and another 4,000 warnings. The whole goal of the operation is to reduce the number of crashes on the roads, and the results seemed to speak for themselves. Initial data shows a slight reduction in crashes during the week-long operation. The seven days before the crackdown, there were 729 speed-related collisions during the operation. That number dropped by more than 100, and a week after it sat at 615. Now, during the same before and after time periods, crashes overall went from 2,400 to fewer than 1,900. The South Carolina Department of Public Safety says its speed ranks among the top five causes of accidents related crashes so far this year. Highway fatalities sit at 619. The state's target is zero. So guys, we've still got a little bit of work to do. So at the top of the show, I mentioned the start of a three-day music event on this date in 1969. It happened on Max Yasger's farm in upstate New York. Dozens of acts performed there. 
It was called the Woodstock Music and Arts Fair, but today we simply know it as Woodstock. Celebrating birthdays on this Tuesday, actress Pat Priest, Marilyn on TV's The Munsters, turns 87. Journalist Linda Ellerbee is 79. Songwriter Jimmy Webb is 77. Actor Ben Affleck is 51, and singer Joe Jonas of the Jonas Brothers is 34. Thank you again for joining us for morning, y'all from Live Five News. We hope you'll make a habit out of it. I'm Katie Kamen. Hope you have a great Tuesday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning, y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live Five News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates twenty four seven from Live Five News, the Low Country's news leader.